Well, good Friday morning, everybody. It is the 19th of November. My title today is The End of Addiction Ain't a Pretty Sight. Do you normally just hop in your car or get on a bus or a subway or a train just to waste time? Probably not. Uh, We tend to live busy lives and there's stuff to do and we have little time to waste. Usually, if we're going somewhere, we want to know where the destination is, how to get there, and how long will it take. All of which is now found in seconds, thanks to just about any map app on our phones. Usually, we do a little research to learn the mileage to go and the time it takes, and with that sorted out, we are more confident and we feel safer on the trip. Yesterday, we looked at James 1, 14 and 15 to discover what does the process of temptation look like and how does it happen? It's a trip we both do not want to take, but many times we feel compelled we must take. Using porn and sex is an easy way to escape the difficult realities in our lives and gives us such intense pleasure at the same time. However, it is a good question to ask, where is this temptation taking me? Where is this road of sexually addictive behavior taking me? If addiction is a journey then where does it end? And what happens down the road? Here's what James says, quote, But each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it has run its course, brings forth death. James 1, 14 through 15. Yesterday, we looked at the first three steps in this journey to learn what is happening to us once temptation begins. Sexual temptation surrounds us continuously in today's modern world, and even if we're out in the woods, if we can get a Wi-Fi signal, then we can look at porn. However, do you ever think about where this powerful, addictive behavior is taking you? What's the end of the road? And what will your life be like if you continue to do what you know you should not be doing? Yesterday, we learned that we're tempted by our own lusts. These lusts have an amazing ability to grab our attention and draw us out of a safe place and into a place where temptation can start working us over. We're lured away or we're carried away by our own lust to a place where we can be confronted with temptations. We see something that flips the switch and we become aroused in a matter of seconds. And once the switch is flipped, we see or think something that we desire even though we know it's wrong and sinful. Nonetheless, 
It is so enticing to us. It draws us further away from the safety that we can be in, and our brain lights up with anticipation. Soon after that, the thought of falling again into sexual sin pops into our mind. There's a moment when we're in the middle of deciding if we're going to go ahead and sin or to not sin and get some help from others. If we choose option one, which we may have done for years, if not decades, but if we choose option one to go ahead and sin, then lust has conceived. It goes from the theoretical to the reality, and the next step is for us to act out and commit the sin over and over again. And what do we know happens after something is conceived? Well, a birth follows, right? We take the action we know we should not take, but the time to turn around has passed. We've decided we're going to do it. And even if we have the latest blocking software on our devices, we relish the challenge to find a way around anything. And it, it kind of becomes a, a sick game we play to see if we can get around the blocks and do our dirty deeds. And unfortunately today, they're done dirt cheap. So now, sin has not only been conceived, but it's been born. It becomes a reality that we spend some time enjoying. However, as the waves of pleasure leave, like they always do, reality comes into sight and we find ourselves fearing who's going to find out and what do I need to do to delete or erase the evidence of my sin so it is not discovered. As time passes in our life, the passage tells us that sin is in the process of maturing. It is always going to want more frequency and more intensity. What used to be enough is no longer enough, and we must look for something new, and usually it's a little more perverse. This only increases our shame and drives us further into isolation. The last phase is death where our sexual sin has fully matured or run its course, and the end is death. Now that death might mean your marriage dies. Mine was right on the verge. And if I have had any sexual contact with any other women since I confessed, then I knew my marriage was done. It would be dead. My relationships with my four kids were severely wounded as they had to grapple with the truth that their dad, the pastor, was addicted to porn and was unfaithful to their mother. Your career dies if you're using company devices or acting out in your office, and your reputation can also die. You could even be accused of sexual harassment by people you work with. For someone who goes on and perhaps even contracts sexually transmitted diseases, then there's the danger of passing them on to your spouse 
and a whole different kind of death happens. That is where your trips back into sexual sin is taking you, my friend. So let me ask you a question. Would you ever get on a roller coaster if you knew that at the end you would either be seriously wounded or even killed because it's broken at the end? I'm sure you probably wouldn't. Neither would I. We need to apply the same thinking to our using porn and sex as an escape from the difficulties in our lives because it is not a sin without consequences. Remember the passage from Galatians 6, 7 through 8, where God says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. The one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. So what will you sow today and perhaps reap tomorrow? The choice is yours, my friend, to make, and it becomes much easier to make the right choice if you're part of a team of other men working together to accomplish something which we will never achieve alone. A lone sheep is a dead sheep, right? This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. I hope you do have a great day in the Lord. I hope you have a a plan for this weekend to not be alone, to not isolate, but to be with others and celebrate and enjoy the life that God's given you. Take care. We'll talk again tomorrow. Goodbye.